welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Nat Tucker, I am so excited to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It's my absolute pleasure. So let's start off by telling everybody what it is that you do now and maybe a little bit of your why, but not past story because I'm going to ask you that in a minute. Okay, awesome, awesome. (laughs) I teach women how to get dressed and out the door in five minutes flat, feeling amazing and confident. And I also teach them how to dress their homes. Wow. And can you just explain that a bit more? Because I think most women know how to get dressed, but um, I know you do a lot more than that. So tell everybody a little bit more. Absolutely. So I created my own colour system, which is all around women's skin tone. So there's four skin colours, four tones, and I created a system which helps them know exactly what items they should have in their wardrobe, all down to their shoes, handbags, glasses, coats, everything, wow. every single thing, their jewelries. Um, so they just everything is colour coded to them. So they bring it in and it all works together and they live a fabulous life. Oh, I see what you mean about get dressed in five minutes. Yeah. So know what goes with this and what shall I wear today? <laughs> That's it's it. all easy. Um, and why? Why did you create that? Oh my gosh, because I used to work in retail, fashion retail, and you had to wear no. the product that was being sold on the floor. Yep. I did it for a brief oh, moment in time as well. You know then, you know it's so bad. And as soon as it's on <laughs> sale, you can't wear it anymore. You don't want to throw it out. It's terrible. So you're collecting all these clothes and you end up resorting to black because black goes with everything else you just kind everything, of yeah. you do that and it's just was overwhelming and so I wanted to teach women if just how good it would be if you could get out and work out exactly what to have in your wardrobe and not keep culling because we just cull we get bored we get so bored yes we just yes. cull our clothes so often we're doing the worst things for our planets the worst thing for our ward- um, our wallets we're just oh it's terrible so I wanted to create systems around that and right. I really nutted it down and and got it to a fabulous system and I was a Became a personal stylist, but you're going to ask me about my past later. So I'm just going to say, I am. So I won't won't jump to that. But I became a personal stylist and then I got so busy. I was so busy. I had so many clients. There wasn't enough hours in the day. So I had to do it and take it all online. Ah. Ah. And so, but I'm really interested and I I thought that you were maybe heading in that direction then (laughs) to see what was it that tipped you over that made you say, I'm over this, I'm going to have to create something myself because it just doesn't exist. Yeah, I just, you know, you've only got so many many hours in the day, you've got kids, I've got three kids and it's just like there's got to be a better plan and a better system but it's got to be successful, it has to get results. So it's really hard to have... Um, to know there's power in your system but oh my gosh I just really went deep into it and just slowly rolled it out and um, my program's nine years old which is what we're celebrating Saturday night and it's just so successful and over 2,000 women have been through there and of course still coming in. 
Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I've only done the one She's the Boss event in Adelaide so far, but we had some women there who were basically hero worshipping you and <laughs> saying how great you are. And then I've seen these posts on Facebook where it looks like you had hundreds of people there, women, yeah, yeah. all loving you to death. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled that you're sparing the time to chat to me today. So thank you for that. So let's get into your deep, dark past because I am really interested to know how you've got to where you are today. So can we start with you as a little girl? Where did you grow up? What did your parents do? And do you have any brothers or sisters? Fantastic. Yes. So I grew up in Adelaide, South Australia um, with my mum and my stepdad. And I have two sisters that are older than me. So I learned very quickly that you had to yell and scream to get get that attention. <laughs> so I'm very loud, which which you'll learn about me. I love being loud. Um, I uh, went to quite a few schools in Adelaide. Um, I was asked to leave by some. Um, and <laughs> oh, in hang the on end, a minute. No, no, you yeah. can't skip over that. And also, <laughs> what did your mum and dad do? And I'm interested oh, yeah. in this because I keep seeing people who've had role models of parents that have been running businesses yes. that have given them the idea. So what was your background yeah. or your parents' background? So my mum, my mum is a school teacher and well, okay. well she's 80, 81 now, and she won the Order of Australia Medal for her work with intellectually disabled children. Oh, so, wow. What a mum. Yes, amazing woman. And so I was born yeah. with dyslexia, and so mum was fabulous in getting me to read um, and do all those wonderful things that made me feel very empowered. So my mum was, and oh, she's a volunteer. She's everything. She just loves helping. She does and sound fabulous. Her heart is fabulous, really, really fabulous. Um, and then my And then my what stepdad, did dad do? My stepdad was an electrician, worked for ETSA. Right. And my dad, my biological father, is an entrepreneur. So he's always had his own businesses Ah, um, from when he first married mum. So, uh, yeah, so I've just watched him just do so many things and um, I think it it, – it is great because it just makes you think, well, if he can do it, I can do it. So there is definitely mm. that, you know, if you can see it, you can be it thing. So um, mm. you were talking about schools. And I'm very interested <laughs> to know who would dare kick you out. But let's start with primary school. Did you enjoy primary school? No, I never liked school. I was really bad at school. Um, my mum. Uh, the dyslexia. Yeah, I'm guessing. really terrible. So I was a troublemaker because, you know, if you're <laughs> going to be the dumbest in the room, you may as well be the loudest. And um, <laughs> teachers really didn't like me very much. And the last school I ended up at um, was my mum's school. They thought, well, if mum's ah. there. Um, high up in the school, maybe I'll behave, but I didn't. So in the end, <laughs> we all decided <laughs> I should just leave. Yeah, she was great. Oh, she so was what great. year did you leave um, school then? Uh, so I must have been, I must have finished year nine. I was 15. I was allowed to leave if I had a, uh, a full-time job, which my mum wow. got me a full-time job. <laughs> Right. From one of oh, her I best love friends. This. <laughs> so what you was know, the so first was a pricing job clerk, then? <laughs> pricing clerk, which really just meant I made coffee <coughs> in the office and, you know, just, yeah, it was, it was just that. <laughs> and then mum went, no, no, you really need something more. So I ended up um, just joining. I went into retail, just um, fashion and 
Um, so that so was started fun. off in, in in retail fashion, sort of really, really young. Yeah, Gosh, I, I mean, 15, really 16. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so what did? You, how long did you stay there? And did you like that job? Well, I. Loved it. I also loved dancing, so I also taught dancing on the side in oh, my shed. what kind of so, dancing? Uh, break dancing, rap dancing. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I know, That's I know. And it is it's wonderful. And I met my first husband because he was entering the Mr Heaven competition here in Adelaide. What and is that? He, it's it's that where the men like strut their stuff on the stage and they dance and they might take their top oh, gosh. off and they get claimed <laughs> Mr Heaven. And so that's how I met my first husband and I, he hired me to teach him to dance. And he right. won he won Mr Heaven. It's just the coolest thing. So we met in a nightclub. <laughs> Right, we met in a right. nightclub. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's and how we met. How old are you then? Were you were you very young? I was twenty one. We got married. I was twenty one when we got married. Wow, yeah. that is very young. It okay, is. so now um, these days it's very very young. Yeah, well, yeah, super young, and and yeah, back <laughs> then I would have thought even more so. So um, so you had this dance studio in your shed. I think you were just starting to say. Tell me a bit yeah, more about yeah. that. Oh my gosh, just like. Um, I think I did uh, pamphlets out and everyone in the neighbourhood would come. It was fantastic. <laughs> so then we had to start it. hiring a bigger venue. So basically it's how I learned how to do workshops, right, because you're like right. you're sm- you start really small in your home and then you go and you start hiring big events. And I ended up hiring the um, Glenelg Sailing Club. And wow. like I think it was every uh, we started every Wednesday night, then it became every Wednesday night, every Thursday night, then it was every Tuesday night, every Wednesday night, every Thursday night. And so that's right. when I realized that I could teach people things and, and yeah. give them systems that stuck. And that was kind of oh, okay. how I realized you can do it. And you can do it in groups. Like they you really can do it in groups because you encourage each other. They encourage each yeah. other. So yeah, that yeah. was fun. So were you still working at that stage or yeah. did the dance classes start to bring in enough money that you could do I that think, full time? Or wasn't that the ever in the intention? No. I it, Oh, actually, it probably could have been, but I think I really felt that you still had to have a normal job. I always felt you had to have, you know, your normal income and then have your side hustle to get a bit further in life. So I know right. I kept working the both. Yeah, kept doing the both. Okay. And so yeah. what? Uh, where did you go after the first retail job? Okay, cool. So I stayed in retail and I kept on winning all these amazing awards, customer service awards, and just, you know, I really listened to people. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And I really worked out what they needed. So they enjoyed seeing me and I left when I fell, just before I had my first beautiful chase, I left retail and my husband and I bought someone else's business and we upholstered cars. Um, wow, this one out of left field. <laughs> yeah, It's a yeah, type yeah, of dressing yeah. but just so dressing he, the inside of cars. <laughs> exactly. So we bought the ongoing business and he became yeah. the owner and upholsterer. I ran it and then we turned it into cars and boats. And okay. so we start, started upholstering cars and, and boats in leather. And was this for – Private people, or were these for companies that you were doing this? These were for companies, really big companies here in Adelaide, um, car companies okay. and boat companies. We started with private wow. people. We started with yeah. private people because that was what the old business did, just did motorbikes right. and cars. And then using my contacts, 
because I know a lot of people in Adelaide. Adelaide's very small. Yeah. <laughs> I probably dated most people's um, sons or brothers. Um, so using my contacts, I got us out into these bigger companies to to work on their cars and their boats. So I didn't go back to retail. I stayed doing that. Right, and which I don't know why my brain just went, well, you're working with all these women and colours now. Now you need to start offering yeah. to colour the inside of their car for them as well. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But it was a long time ago. Tones. It was a long time. Yeah. And, of course, there's okay. more to the story and I'm waiting for you to pull that out of me. So let's okay. see what comes next. What's, tell me a little bit more <laughs> of what comes next. <laughs> well, you're going to ask me what was my light bulb how oh, did yeah, I go? Sorry, I thought I'd asked that ah. earlier. So, <laughs> so no, what was no. your light bulb moment? What happened? Now, remember, I'm just pottering her along, married, uh, had a child. When I became pregnant with my second child, my husband and I split up. Oh, no. So, yeah, there went the business, well, my part in the business. Um, and then I was a single mum for a little bit with the baby in my belly and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Oh, and my I went, God. Oh, so while you were pregnant, you split yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I was seven Ooh, months Nat, that's pregnant. Tough. Oh, it was that's really tough. tough. It was really tough. But I there's, bet. there's more to come, which is even tougher. Okay. So, Go on then. <laughs> so then I met my beautiful now husband, Travis, because I've known him my whole life. He was at my first wedding, waved me off. As I, as I went down the road. <laughs> so our family, his parents and my parents are best friends. And wow, they that's have known all each very other handy. Forever. And he came around to help me walk our dogs because we had two dogs and I was pregnant. And, oh, well, actually, I, I was, Indy was three days old when he came and started helping me. Sorry. So I had my beautiful Indy. And then right. Travis, Travis came, helped me walk the dogs, and he asked me if I want to go watch him rollerblading. He's six years younger than me. So, <laughs> so we kind of started dating, and I fell pregnant with our child. And Indy was um, – so she was only just over 12 months, so she was just a little Ooh, baby. And right. I fell pregnant with our third child. And when she was nine months old, we got married. So that was exciting. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but that's I still great. Working in re- I went back to work in retail. I went okay, to juggling three kids. I cleaned who are... hotel rooms. Right. Oh. Yeah. Three How three did you kids. fall into that? I started cleaning hotel rooms. Uh, the hotel rooms? Yeah. Or into the back into retail. <laughs> no, well, no, no. I'm so interested clean... in the little side the side hustle or, or whatever of yeah, cleaning hotel I rooms. Just, I needed some money. I needed right. money. So it was good pay to go clean hotel rooms. So I went, take the kids to school, uh, did did all I could. I think mum must have helped me a fair bit. This must have been early in the morning. I'd go and clean hotel rooms and then I got fired because I was the worst <laughs> cleaner. Now, I've known this my whole life. I'm the worst cleaner. Oh. I didn't get any better. So I got fired, a bit like being kicked out of school. I remember what that was like. And so I <laughs> went back to retail because it was what I knew and it was what I loved. And um, I just, yeah, went back to retail. So, again, women's clothing, was it? For, is still back, in, back into fashion? Right. Yeah, For yeah. For a big chain or a, a boutique shop? Or, but right. Yeah, the Just Group. The Just Group, which is Jackie oh, Just yes. Jeans, Portman's. That's yeah, right. Yeah, big group, big group. And I was winning all these Huge. customer awards and I was winning all these vouchers. You know, they're wonderful. They're so, so great at encouraging their staff. But my wardrobe was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But at that stage I didn't mind. Um, I was just like it was fun. I was really enjoying it. And life life seemed okay. You know, this is this is my lot in life. It all seemed really okay. 
Okay. Well, that definitely, you can't leave it like that because then there, there's definitely a butt hanging there. <laughs> there so is a what, butt. what was, seemed like it was okay. What was going on really? Something really terrible happened. So a tragedy oh. happened. My first husband and the father of my two children, our first two children, yeah. was brutally murdered here in Adelaide. Oh, my God, Nat. Yes. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Yes, yes. Were you still friends with him at that stage? Absolutely. Um, oh, gosh. So we were, oh, my gosh, we we he, he was getting on track. He was doing well. You know, we'd organise, come to dinner every week. You know, it was... We were just really trying to help him. Everything was good. He was—he seemed to be doing great. Um, so to have the police turn up and just kind of give us that tragedy um, was horrific, was absolutely horrific. So, yeah, so my little family moved to New Zealand. So we went over to New Zealand. Just to get away because um, it was just time. Yeah, to get what? away and luckily my husband was able to give have an opportunity over there with a company that he was working for here okay, in Adelaide. Great. So yep. we went over there and um, uh, the Just Group over there is different to the um, Adelaide Just or the sorry, the Australia Just, just Group because it's New right. Zealand. They're separate. But we're oh. there and I'm, I'm walking down the mall and this lady comes running out of Portman's, comes bolting out and goes, Natalie Tucker. And I turn around <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I'm freaking out because no one knows yeah. kind of, you know, what we're going through. And she goes, we have picture of you. Every single store has a picture of you and when we see you, we need to grab you, bring you in and hire you. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that. you are kidding me. You are wow, kidding me. Nat. So, yes. Yeah. So I ended up walk, working at all of their stores. So I went between Jackie, Portman's, all of them to help yeah. the staff, train the staff. And and then they started running oh a book. God, the customers would come in. It was amazing. The customers would come in and go, is, Nat, is Natalie Tucker here today? And they go, no. And she goes, well, when will she be back? Oh, she'll be in tomorrow. Okay, can I come in? What time? Blah, blah. So they end up having to book people wow. in to see me. Yeah, so I became nah, their, that's amazing. I know, it was great. I became their stylist and they'd never had a, a stylist before, so I became their stylist and then or since um, I would they guess. wanted to. <laughs> Sorry? Sorry. I said or since, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, no, no, or I was since. saying or, or since that they, I, I don't know of any of those stores ever having oh, a no. stylist. They're, so I you started it. No... Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> so then I um, I decided that if I'm going to be the stylist and I was being paid as a manager because they've never had one before and they didn't know how it all went about, I thought, well, I better get my international accreditation. And I'd already right. been studi- studying interiors, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll study that online because I'm over there and I'm already in a hole and I'm already life's not fab, you know, we're in a cloud and just trying to move through. Yeah. Um, so that was amazing because I had a purpose and I was studying and my mind was focused and I was coming out of the, the doom and the gloom. I could see a future for the family. So I said, hey, guys, let's go back to Adelaide. I know we we're meant to be here three years. We've done 18 months. It's time. Right. Um, let's do it. We can do it. And so we came back and I started my own business. So we moved in with Trav's parents because obviously um, we're starting again with again, you know, yeah. yeah. So and, and, I moved and into let me Trav's just ask, parents. Did, I, 
sorry, let me just ask, did Trav have to leave his job if he'd gone over there with them and you were cutting it short? Was no, he unemployed as well? No. No, they beautifully paid for us to come back. And, oh, yeah, fantastic. And gave and gave him another another position, not as high, but it was still right. a really high position and really good. So they were absolutely beautiful. I'll, I'll never forget their care of us and our family. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I started my own business and then the, we had lots of counselling. The kids had lots of counselling. Um, the police said to me, victims of crime, you know, we had lots of, lots of chats about how we could stay safe. And uh, they said to me, um, the way for you to keep your family safe is for you to become a public figure. And oh, I wow. went, what? What does that mean? And they said, because I said I'm a stylist now. This, I'm going to be a stylist now in my business. They go, well, you need to be seen every day publicly. <laughs> can I, can I? To, you know. Okay. Yeah, no, that, well, it kind of makes sense. But I'm interested to know why were they telling you you needed to stay safe? So was your ex-husband, okay, was, was that it, like a gang thing or something? It, it was a um, drug crime. Right. So okay. it was a so there could have been people after you. The, the, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so um, you're told by the police to become a public figure. Interesting. They just, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> some advice from one of the beautiful officers. She was so lovely. She goes, you know, it's hard. You live in fear. You always worry about what's around the corner. A great way to feel safe is to build a community around you. And that means people need to see you every day. And that means people need to check in with you every day. You make it easy for them to check in with you. Don't, you yeah. know, make it, don't, don't go back inside and hide. You, you've got to really get out there. What a, what a it's really the best advice I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I she love was amazing. It. I've never oh heard my gosh, that she before. She saved my life. I was just, it was wonderful. I said, okay, okay, what do I do? She goes, well, it's as easy as just <laughs> joining Facebook and posting, hey, how is everyone today? You know, or just every day do that. I'm like, oh, okay. So then I said, all right, yeah. I'm going to take. Yeah. Oh, gosh, she was wonderful. And then I'm like, um, okay, I'm going to post a photo of myself every day because now I'm a, go- I'm a stylist. So I was the very first blogger to post yeah. a public photo every single day. The 13 the years ago, I was the very day first one. photo. Yes, that was me. And it was purely wow. to make sure everyone saw me every day. It wasn't to sell my services. It wasn't to sell clothes. It was just to, hey, here I am. Here's what I'm wearing today. But I, and it I got guess. so popular. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Oh, sorry, I was going to say I did it on my private page because I didn't have a business page because I was new to Facebook. So these were the days when Facebook wasn't like really closed down on you having to have a business page. So I did it on my private yeah. page. Yeah. And then, of course, they said you can't use your private page for, for business. And so I turned my little private page, I did a business page and it's like, oh, my gosh, there's all these people looking at me, which was wonderful. It was wonderful. And then I was on Today Tonight. They interviewed me as a mumpreneur. So that was more public, yeah. more public uh, get out there and, and be seen yep. and be heard. Wonderful. So because of all this, I felt so supported. I felt like the community had my back. I felt like Adelaide had our back. We've had the oh, biggest support brilliant. from everyone who knows our story and, and everyone who's been there. Um, and so you can imagine my business took off. It just went 
like crazy. The community, just everyone was behind us. So I was working all the time with these beautiful women. Okay, so you were still, so you were showing your face but saying this is an example of how I style myself, I can do it for you. Was it kind of still that idea of styling? I didn't really say that because I'm not very good at marketing myself, but I just said here's what I'm wearing and why. Here's here's what I'm wearing and why. And then they started coming after you. Yes, they started watching me. So what next? Yeah. Okay, so then what happened next, I was like working six days a week, clients six days, then running workshops like I used to in the old days in our shed. But these were style workshops of groups of 10 women. Then every Sunday I did that and it got so big that I had to hire a bigger event. So I had to start hiring out um, premises, having 25 in there, having 30 in there, and that grew and that grew. So basically it's like the um, Flintstones um, kind of starting an online program, right? So it's like that was how we did it in those days. That was that was an online program that everyone was was doing, and right. I was able to take every question that was given, and I was able to watch everything that happened, and I was able to have all these women in the one space, and I could work out exactly what colour their skin was and what they needed and it didn't have to be 120,000 different colour types. It can be four and it's all about the undertone of their skin. So I created my very own colour system so that I could teach these women and they didn't have to wait for me. The wait list was huge for these workshops. Right. So, so how did you how did you come up with the four colours rather than gazillions, as you said? And then yeah, how yeah, did you yeah. teach them if you weren't seeing them all face to face? Did you go with an on did you create an online course or what did you do? Yes, I created an online course. And okay. it's, I created a graph. And I created a system that is pretty foolproof um, and it's super, super cool. And it's all about what people notice most about you when they first see you. And that right. gives you a really good idea of your colour type. So, yeah, wow. it's really cool. So I'm okay, what's called so a what hair colour type. Right. Yeah, then what well, happened? Okay, so then what happened? Oh, my gosh. So the online program I did what everyone does. I used to launch it every three months. You know how you launch and you let in a certain amount of people? And I did that every three months and I think we would get 50 in every three months. Then I hired a coach in America um, because we were doing so well and then we did the biggest launch. Oh, my gosh, it was huge. And then he he goes, let everyone in that wants to come. And 180 came in. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 180 came in in that one launch. And I went, oh, my gosh. So I had to, like, all of a sudden get a huge team around me. And that was huge. So I've not done that again. So now (laughs) my programs are evergreen. You can join when you want on a day that suits you and I just make sure that you come in nice and easily and we're ready for you. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, so. So how did you, uh, what did you do with 180 people doing your course first? Well, Other than it was frantic. Yeah, frantic, frantic, frantic. So I had to make sure that. Oh, my gosh, I had to make sure that everyone was looked after. I had to get a team that were um, going through uh, checking everyone um, and some of the people that came in at that 180 actually are part of my team now because 
Um, you know, I just they ended up being a bit of the leaders in those groups, you know, that stood yep. up and stepped up and it was wonderful. So, um, yeah, you just, yeah, be careful how many people you let in. When you careful have, what you wish I for. Said, <laughs> yeah, be careful. I just, I said to them all, oh, this is the last launch. We're now going to, you have to be on a wait list and I'm not, I'll let you in. You don't get to, you know, come. I, I, I let come. you in. And, of course, because I said this is the last one, they jumped. Like they just, they just, those are all ready. <laughs> they just jumped in. So that was fabulous. And it was good because it, I meant I had to put other systems in place and I had to, you know, which was better for my time. I was doing everything. This taught me that you don't have to do everything and you can improve your systems and you can hire tech people and you can move your programs onto these great platforms that just yep. make life easier. So that was wonderful for that. Absolutely wonderful. And then I was able to create the style program because of all the study I had done on style. And I studied with a company in the UK online as well for colour, another right. another colour. Um, so we released the interiors program um, three years ago. And okay. of course, and as you can imagine, the, over, the, the, over 2,000 people have been through my style program. As you can imagine, 50% of those jumped straight into yeah, interiors because yeah. you don't give up when you've when you've already got a great system going in your wardrobe. You want to have a great system in your home, and you know Nat Tuck is the one to deliver that. So, yeah, um, right. so they came into the interiors as well. So I've got the two and a team. And so what? So um, without giving away all your secrets, <laughs> how does that work together? Do you have like? Uh, and 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 the other thing, just because I'm totally oblivious to this, how did you go from say 180 different colours down to four, and then do you apply that same kind of theory to interiors? And how does it matter if how an interior affects skin colour? Like how do you yeah. do that? Oh, such a good question. So basically, with all I I had thousands and thousands and thousands of clients and women in the workshop. So. I have seen everything. So I used to write okay. so many notes. I have books and books of notes. And then every night I'd spend all night compounding them, like compiling them, compounding them together. And then a system came out. It popped out. So the system just oh. kind of fell out. So when you turn. Oh, meant to be. Two, yeah, 2,000 books that have, you've written in and you just keep on putting them together, putting them together, putting them together, eventually a system falls out and it's there. It's clear as right. day. And you graph, you create a graph and you go, oh, there's a system, there's a map, there's a plan, it works. And then you trial it and it works. And then you trial it again and you improve it and it works again and it just gets better okay. and better and better. Yes. And then to take and that I into love- interiors, I'm just going to let you know. Yeah, can you? Sorry, Jules. No, no, keep going. Oh, um, interiors, the system is based on feng shui. Right. But it's based on feng shui in the southern hemisphere, which is completely different. So it gives people a map of what to do to bring abundance into their life, to bring all the things they want into their life. So they ignite corners, they ignite walls, and there's colours that do that. And also all of my interior tips that I learned and studied for are included as, you know, how high do you hang a pendant, how high do you hang a mirror, um, how should the rug be? You know all that's in right. there as well. But if you wow. start with it's it's overwhelming to style a home. But if you start with knowing, oh, I really would like to enrich my marriage right now. So I know that I need to go grab these things from this room and put it over in that corner. 
and okay. focus on that. And it's the focus. So obviously where your intentions go, that's where your focus goes and that's where things improve. A lot of people start with wanting to improve their wealth. Um, something really important to me is my marriage. So I make sure I have constant intentions around that. Poor Trav. Wow. So, uh, you know, he's kind of a lot for that right loudest woman. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's delighted. The thing that really intrigues me is you've talked about creating systems and processes and graphs. And I would have thought that as somebody who is, I'm not very good with all that kind of stuff myself, that as someone who is dyslexic, you would really struggle with that. But it seems like it's just come to you. I struggle with reading. Um, and I don't struggle with drawing um, symbols and patterns okay. and linking. I right. link. I, I think dyslexic people are brilliant. They're absolute oh. geniuses. Yes. And <laughs> what you'll find is we have to work harder than anyone else to do similar things. And because of that, right. we, we work really hard and we work out where to stow things in our brain and bring them back later. So my memory is amazing. So you just kind of, you link it and you, you, you place it and you remember where you place it and you go back and you pick it up later. You bring it forward oh, and you place it again. And so uh, all dyslexic people should, should own programs, I tell you right now, because we are absolutely brilliant at it and it never stops. Fantastic. Okay. And so has that brought us up to date now with where you are or do you want to tell me a little bit more about the journey and then, yeah, yeah, tell me more. There's always more. There's always more. Okay. So then what happened, Jules, is all my members, all my, all my members said, can you please make clothes for us? Because we don't have the clothes that we like. You have really good clothes that you go and buy. We can't find the same ones. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and I am dropping big dollars on these designer items and that's not fair because that's not what everyone else can do, right? Right. So, but I could, you know, I could. And so I went, oh, you're right, you guys. So let's get some clothes happening. Yeah. So oh, then wow. We, uh, all my members uh, today yeah. get the – get to have the beautiful clothes that I co-design with designer labels, So um, one in Adelaide, so, one in Melbourne. Right. Can I just ask, though, and, uh, you, have, yes, you have that yes. brainwave idea. What did you do? Just mm. go to manufacturing fashion labels and say, I've got a market, people came can to I me. work with people you? Came to me. People came oh, to me. Oh, right. Wow. So how yeah. did they know? Yeah. Were, were you, get, so were you people, fielding those kind of people, questions anyway? Oh, oh. Oh, Jules, as soon as my Make It Look Easy Facebook page hit, oh, no, that's right, as soon as my Make It Look Easy Facebook page hit 20,000, 20, was it 20 or 15 or something, people started sending me stuff. You know how they do? They just send you stuff. Yep, yep. They just send you stuff. So everyone was sending me stuff and I was just sending it back because I don't want to plug, I'm not here to, I'm here for my people, my community, I'm not here to plug product. So I just, people just, yeah. And so eventually you build a rapport with some people who understand that you don't accept gifts, you don't accept, you know, um, and they start going, this girl's a bit different, isn't she? And then, you know, they buy my course and when they buy my course, they build a rapport with me and they'll fly in and we'll, have dinner and do all sorts of wonderful things together. Right. And um, because they're boss babes and they understand my – So women, my women called Boss of Your Wardrobe, so they're all boss babes. Right, yeah. 
women owned and women ran and yeah it's beautiful and um so the women that joined my program yeah we just ended up working together and so my women get um clothes handbags jewelry shoes makeup skincare um all from collaborating with women inside my program so they're all made very clever nat Mm. (laughs) very clever i love that yeah, I love that. And so, do you have a shop on your website, or is there a catalogue you share with them, or how do no, they buy? Well, um, no one else is allowed to know where this stuff is. No, from. no, I, no, no. Yeah, I don't want know to know where but it's from. With my ladies, but, yeah, with my ladies, um, they know what's coming. They know what I've done. They know it's right. about to be released. Gets released at a certain time on a certain day, and, and they, they all receive an email, and they all receive. Um, I have uh, up the team as well, and a beautiful ambassador, clothing ambassador called Sandra, and she alerts them to everything. So she does all the hard work for me. Oh, brilliant! Um, beyond the design and beyond the color typing and beyond the rest. And um, it just, yeah, it sells out. It's wonderful. It's fabulous. Wow, that is wonderful. And, and so are you now doing homewares as well? well uh, that's my thing. next thing. That's my next <laughs> thing. I can't believe how brilliant you are. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems logical to me. <laughs> it does, it does. So now I just need to find the right person with the homewares. So I haven't told the babes yet, so they'll be hearing this for the first time when they listen oh. to this. <laughs> Oops, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> I did say I was going to sell um, from my website, but I think I'd rather collaborate with someone who's been doing it a long time and pick, right. pick the stuff from what they have. I I only really work with big people that have been doing it a long time and, and really do it well and, you know, that there's no trial and error. It's it's perfected. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, if there's any if there's any people listening and they run a gorgeous homewares company, <laughs> maybe they should be getting in touch with join you. Boss. And, yeah, and, join yeah. boss and, and then talk to join me. boss. All right. Wow, amazing. Okay, <laughs> so one of the things because this is about female founders and about women in business, and I hope we're inspiring them, I like to ask, mm. have there been any women that stand out to you in your career that have helped you? Absolutely. And if so, can you tell me a bit about them? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one girl, the very first one actually would have to be Megan Wallace, and she uh, bought my program, bought into my program. Um, and she could see that I was trying really hard to create uh, resources and ebooks. Um, yeah. I had a crack at it myself, hired someone, and she she really got my genius. She said, "I could um, I could help you with these." And so right. she worked with me to create um, these wonderful ebooks and extra resources that could be purchased by anyone outside the program. And um, I created my very first uh, global ebook, which is still a bestseller. It sells every day, and it's called Brilliant Color Combinations ebook. And okay. because she's a graphic designer and she's everything else, um, we managed to get the colors, you know, done into that, and it's it's great. Most people actually have that ebook. If you're listening now, give me a shout out! Yay, I got the ebook now. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Megan Wallace was my biggest helper. She understood the, the struggles of you know me trying really hard to turn turn these these item these ideas into products. Then yeah. um, I met a beautiful woman in America who actually lives in Melbourne, um, Gretchen Oris Chong, and she helped get my um, program onto better platforms and into okay. uh, into a better better system. And and um, 
She was doing all the right my Facebook and all that ads. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She built she built the team, built the tech team, built the everything. So wow. she those two women for me were the pivot of um, you you don't have to do it alone. You you might think you don't have to be born brilliant. That's what that that's what I have to say. You don't have to be born brilliant because there's always someone next to you that does have what you don't yes. have and, and they will take you all the way you need to go. That's that's yeah. pretty much the same philosophy that I have of you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to surround yourself with people that are better no. at things than you are. Um, and, of course, the other one that you've missed out on is the policeman, and I think we have to mention her because she sounds extraordinary, the woman who said become a public figure. I don't even re- I don't. I know. I don't even remember her name. <laughs> but it was we love so you traumatic. I just wish I did. Oh yeah, she's just yeah. We'll she never does forget sound it. like she's a guardian yeah. angel. Yeah, yeah she does yeah. sound extraordinary. All mm. right. Um, the other thing that I like to talk about with uh, people is that. I think it's unfair of us to project the idea that uh, uh, if you start a business, it's all just happy, happy travels the whole time and nothing ever goes wrong. Um, mm. have, have there been a couple or is there a story of a pivotal moment in your business that you could share with me? It doesn't have to be something that's wrong, but it often is something that potentially goes wrong that we learn from and then look back and go, oh, my God, best thing that ever happened to me. Have you had something like that? Yes, yes. I um I've had obviously failed collaborations with people that haven't worked out. Right. And that was really good and worth um at that best thing that happened to me. <laughs> well, it kind of <laughs> yeah. can be because you'll put in a whole lot of things in place to not do let that happen again. Yes, yeah, it's great because you know what to look for and you know when something's working and you know how and why some things didn't work, and it's just really great. The universe sorts it out for you. It it, it yeah, will yeah. it will repel those that it's meant to repel, and it will attract those it's meant to attract. So I've I've have done I've done all the dumb things. Yeah. So it's just well. Um, well, I think I I understand because I inherently trust people, and so yeah. when I meet them I, and they say they're going to do something, I believe them. And every once in a while, you'll realise that there are absolute scoundrels out there who are just trying to suck you in and they don't have any intention of doing, you know, or being able to deliver what they say they can. So Yeah, um, Yeah, but I think it's great for them too. They learn too. They learn as well. You'll be so surprised how often I've seen this happen but then they've learned from it. They've gone, oh, okay, maybe we didn't do the right thing. You know, maybe we can do better. Maybe we can treat people a bit better. And and it's wonderful to see that happen, and I just love that because I see it. Yes. So um, yeah, I there's 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 no one that I think oh you know they didn't learn from it they did and and it's it's that's that's power there's power in that we're not going to get oh, it right all the time we're, you're lovely you know no no yeah, so I know we don't but if I've been screwed over by people and that has happened in the past I don't know <laughs> that I'm as generous I know I was going to say I don't know that I'm as generous as you are <laughs> I think the reason I am so generous about it actually Jules is because I've I've gone on to be so successful in all I yeah, wanted to do. and so happy. And yeah. the people that I'm working with now have gone on to be seriously successful in, in their collaborations with me. So it's like, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, here, here we go, up and up and up. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Now, one of the other things I've probably interviewed about 250 women now uh, is (laughs) that if you love what you're doing, you can get very caught up in it and the next thing you know, you've burnt out or you're close to Mm. it. And so I like to ask you, what are you doing to juggle your life so that you don't burn out? Okay, here's the coolest thing ever, all right? Worked out with my accountant. I think I work 80 hours a week, right? Oi. So yeah. um, as a CEO of this company, I work 80 hours a week. But guess what? It's not work. I've never woken up and thought I've got to work. I've woken up and gone, oh, I'm so excited to do the same thing I did yesterday, uh, <laughs> do the same thing I did the day before yes. and the day before that. So I have never worked. I stopped working when I was 37. So 13 years ago, I retired really early as far as I'm concerned. I never worked a day since I stopped working for someone else. So I love what I do. Absolutely. It is not work. And I was lucky enough to retire my husband full-time six years ago. He started working for me full-time as my general manager. And so to me, work is cooking, cleaning, washing clothes, (laughs) all of that. A lot of women who agree with you. Luckily I'm paying him to do that now. So that's great. I'm the luckiest woman in the world. Well, that's true. But, I mean, you've got three kids and I'm a single mum with three kids as well. It is a bit of a balancing act. Um, I don't know. How how old are your kids now? Are they teenagers? uh, We've got 24, 24, 21 and 20. Okay, so you're so really you can do what you want to do now, and they they are yes. well and truly on their way. Brilliant! Gosh, you're Absolutely. such an inspiration, Nat. I have to say. Last <laughs> question, and it's my favourite question: Is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? Okay, I can't pronounce big words. <laughs> so I mangle I mangle them every time, so I make up my own words. Oh, go on. Give me a, give me an example. It really can be as simple as kangaroo, and I just say kangaroo. Okay. Um, so because you just, when you... you're dyslexic and you read, everything's flipped backwards and forwards. So yeah. when you're trying to right. pronounce something that you've read, you're putting in that letter where it shouldn't be. Right. So with my podcast, we have a segment which is very popular and it's called Correct Me If I'm Wrong. And my husband holds up some words and I've got to pronounce them. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Nat. You are extraordinary and I can't wait to share this story. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au. 